Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. To fight climate change, the US, UK, and European governments are giving emerging economies billions of dollars to abandon coal and build more renewable power. But that process has been complicated because of human rights issues and geopolitical concerns. Take Vietnam as an example. This month, the country sentenced its most prominent climate activist, Hang Wee Thi, to prison for two years, along with other climate activists. The country says it's for tax evasion, but their jailings have raised questions about Vietnam's commitment to ditching coal, especially as U.S. and EU climate negotiators are discussing spending billions of dollars to further Vietnam's transition to cleaner sources. So today, I check in with Politico's Zach Coleman about the situation unfolding in Vietnam, the complicated dynamics U.S. climate negotiators are facing, and why Vietnam is so important to fighting climate change. It's Tuesday, June 28th. So, Zach, you wrote about a recent sentencing of Vietnam's most high-profile environmental voice. So, who is this activist, and can you tell us about her sentencing by Vietnam's government? So, yeah, Wee Thi Hang, she goes by Hang, that's her first name. She is Vietnam's most prominent climate activist. She actually worked with the government on a coal transition plan, because when you work in a country like Vietnam, which is autocratic communist government, you have to kind of know where the line is on what you can say and what you can't, what you can advocate for and how you can advocate for it. And this was work that the Vietnamese government knew about. And in fact, it was so consequential in terms of mapping its transition away from coal that Hang was awarded a Goldman Environmental Prize, which is one of the most prestigious awards that environmental activists could get. And unfortunately, she has been in prison now for two years, as of just a a few days ago, by the Vietnamese government for charges of tax evasion, which most people who are watching this case find pretty implausible, especially considering there were three other Vietnamese climate activists who were thrown in prison for the same charges. Yeah, and so the imprisonment of climate activists has been tricky politically for the U.S. and the EU as they try to negotiate with Vietnam. The U.S. and EU are discussing spending billions of dollars to further Vietnam's transition to cleaner sources. So how has this imprisonment impacted those negotiations? You're seeing a lot of pressure now from civil society groups on governments like the U.S., EU, and U.K. to pull back some of that public financing for a coal transition. This idea is you can't be giving money for the climate transition to a country that's actively jailing its most prominent voices calling for that transition. It would just be incongruent. So you're really seeing a diplomatic struggle here because here's the thing. These countries, the US, EU, and the UK are going to have to have these hard conversations with governments all over the world, ones that have poor human rights records, but 
whose emissions are absolutely essential to get rid of or curtail if you're going to solve climate change. This is not just a Vietnam thing. This is also a China thing, a Saudi Arabia thing. There will be any number of countries that Western nations need to go into who have different views on human rights. And what you need to do is try to use this funding as leverage to get some more preferential outcomes for climate and for human rights, but you don't want to be seen as pressuring countries into things that they don't want to do because then you might actually get those countries to double down and, and actually go in the opposite direction and maybe even go find allies like China who would keep them on the hook for fossil fuels for longer. Gotcha. And so why is Vietnam so important in this discussion when there are these complicated dynamics you mentioned? Why, why is Vietnam central and, and important? Yeah, I mean, Vietnam actually came to COP26 in Glasgow with a pretty surprise announcement. They were working on a transition away from coal, but then they said, we're going to stop building coal plants entirely. And that was huge. I mean, it is the ninth largest coal consuming country in the world. And they had the third most coal power plants, you know, ones that were going to be constructed in the world when they made that announcement. So when you talk about solving climate change, you need to get countries like that away from coal. You also have to think, how are we going to lay the groundwork to make sure that they go to cleaner energy sources like renewables and not go straight to gas? If you push them towards China through pulling back some of this aid for renewable power, for shifting away from coal, then you could run into a situation where they're going around looking for money from China for gas, or even from Japan or South Korea, which are still financing gas infrastructure around the world. So there's this idea of you have to keep them engaged with the kind of development pathway that the US and EU and the UK want to see for actually driving down carbon emissions quickly. Right. And just turning back to the human rights case at hand here, why is Biden administration climate envoy John Kerry such an interesting and important figure in this story. I think you really get at it. What's making him you know, so important here? Well, it's interesting because the family of Hang has asked a lot of the NGOs to keep her case quiet because they didn't want to raise publicity about what was happening with her sentencing. But John Kerry has known her for many years, and he has been very active on the climate fight there as well. He was actually working on the coal transition in Vietnam before joining the Biden administration as its special climate envoy. So he, in a February meeting in Vietnam, actually brought up her case, even though other governments were basically told, don't do this. But I don't know the context in which he asked about her case. But I mean, he brought it up and you know, it just showed that this has definitely been front of mind for the US government as they engage in these conversations. But all of my conversations about Hang's case and the coal transition conversations governments have been having with Vietnam suggested that they were caught off guard by the sentencing. They thought that she was had a good chance of being released and, and that did not turn out to be the case. Also, on Monday, a federal appellate court said that it will not reconsider its April ruling that ordered climate change lawsuits brought by San Mateo and several other California cities and counties against fossil fuel producers to be heard in state courts. The decision makes the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals the latest court to rule against oil and gas company defendants who are seeking to change where these climate change lawsuits are heard. 
Around two dozen other similar climate change lawsuits have been filed around the country in recent years, and the jurisdiction of those cases really matter, according to experts, because the lawsuits will likely be dismissed if they're moved to a federal court. Moving forward, the companies in this particular California case will likely appeal to the Supreme Court, as they have done in other cases. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.